I'm Samaita Graver, and I want to welcome you to Truth, Salt, and Spice, the podcast. My hope is that the stories my guests share inspire you to walk in truth, be salt to your corner of the world, and to use the unique gifts that God intentionally gave you to add spice to everything you do. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's I'm so glad we were able to make it work. Yes. For sure, for sure. I um I've been uh excited to talk about this topic cuz I'm <laughs> <laughs> I I have no problems with it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a good thing. Um, I think we need people like that to be able to just make this a very natural everyday conversation because, um, yeah, we got to deal with it, right? So I'll deal with it with some grace and some um, be as relaxed as, as we possibly can be on it. Right, right. So how about we start with you introducing yourself and you can tell people whatever you want them to know about you. Okay. Okay. Well, my name is Sarah West, and I am the um, a first-time author of the book Walking the Talk, A Parent's Guide to Intimacy and Healthy Relationships, and um, I was formerly uh, an executive director um, and also a youth and college counselor for Crisis Pregnancy Centers in Mississippi, um, where I developed um, sexual health curriculum for the schools and I had the honor of being able to go in and teach on college campuses, um, sexual health and lifestyle choices. And, um, after coming home to homeschool, my two beautiful children, I decided to pick up freelance writing and one thing led to another. And I continued to get phone calls about this very topic. And jokingly one day I said, you know what, I'm just going to go write a book. And um, several of my friends said, okay, when's it coming out? <laughs> and so they helped me do it. And um, yeah, a year later, Walking the Talk um, was published. And, and we are where, where we are. I've been speaking and teaching on the topic in various churches throughout Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. I've been very blessed to be able to do that over the last uh, two years. And currently my book is with, um, an, a, call, I guess, a college um, touring company called Silver Ring Thing. And pretty much they're helping me promote my book uh, while they're on tour. And that's been going really well. So I've been just very blessed to see um, how this book is just, been placed in the hands of the people that needed it at the time that they needed it. So it's been that's like a good thing. amazing. I didn't know all these things about you. So I love it. Yes. You're very uh, multidimensional. <laughs> <laughs> very so busy. as I was thinking today, even about our talk, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw a little wrench here and then we'll go from there and then we can talk about all the things. But you know, this book called I Kiss Daddy Goodbye or something like that by some guy. Yes. Did you grow up in that culture uh, or did you read that book at all? I have not read the book. Okay. Um, okay. I do know that I've, I've read a lot of reviews and commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of cringe because I, I, I did read he was homeschooled. And so, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, me not reading the book, I don't know a ton about it. Yeah, but, okay. 
yes, I was definitely kind of raised in that, um, that time or generation that, that really promoted, you know, kind of that mentality. So. um, Okay. So you have some experience through it. So how do you get from growing up in that way, which you can explain exactly what the mentality is for those of us that didn't grow up that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then how do you go from, Hey, you know what? We need to talk about intimacy and healthy relationships and, um, in a way that's not taboo, that's healthy, that's open, um, that helps you have a solid foundation for, you know, should you get married later on and not have all this weird stuff going on that you have to slowly <laughs> let go to as soon as that ring goes on and all of a sudden, oh, sex is great. Go ahead, have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is just like, what? Okay, so now what do I do, you know? It doesn't quite work out that way. Um, yeah. Like I said, haven't read the book. I think the mentality I grew up with was, um, you know, it was really like a behavior modification. It wasn't a heart change. It wasn't something, it was just, it was never quite explained in the way that I think that it needed to be explained from a, a spiritual um, Christian background um, mm-hmm. or of you don't do this because it's wrong. You know, God's going to be angry with you. Um, you're almost even though it was never said, it was, um, you know, you go to these events and you'd read books like that and they'd give the analogy of like a rose and, and they would, you know, give you a rose and they pluck all the petals off and be like, this is you after sex, you know, and, and they never really brought the message of redemption, um, and restoration. And so what I found was, um, I was being told that I should not, have certain feelings. I should not be doing certain things, Mm -hmm. but yet I found myself wanting to do those things and actually participating in those things. And all I learned to do through that very, and I, and I need to be very respectful because there is, um, organized religion is not necessarily a wrong thing. You can get way too legalistic about things. And there was a legalism to um, the whole abstinence movement that I found very confusing. I think a lot of kids found very confusing. And so we grew up knowing we weren't supposed to be doing certain things. We were told we weren't supposed to be doing certain things. We were told it was a sin, but there was nothing um, beyond that. So when we found ourselves in that situation, we just learned to be really good um, liars. Yes. (laughs) Sneaky. Sneaking and hiding and, and there was, and all of that did was bring just shame and condemnation. And, um, it was not until I got a lot older, in fact, um, married and later on in life in my, in my early thirties, when I became a Christian that, um, I realized that there was so much more to that message. And because I was working with young ladies um, and I didn't get the message right at the very beginning because I, you know, you teach the way you were taught. And so I taught the way that I was taught with this, you know, you don't do this because, you know, of the shame and the pregnancy and the STDs. And what I found out through counseling was, you know what, the girls were still coming in pregnant. They were still coming in with, um, you know, STIs and they were still coming all this, all this behavior modification, only thing we were doing really was just putting a bandaid on a, an open wound. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I really started <clears throat> to change the message just simply because I grew up in that culture and it didn't work. Um, and so with my own kids and the way I talk about um, sex in my book, it's coming from a, this is not just a behavior modification. This is a heart change. This is an understanding of the why behind it. You know, the why we don't do certain things prior to marriage and um, what we are truly signifying by abstaining from sex from that Christian standpoint. And I really just kind of broke that down and, when you read it, it's almost like, oh, well, that's simple. I mean, that's what scripture says, but it's never explained in that way. So um, I just really tried to bring not only the the why, but the how, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, So when you, let me see what I want to ask, because I mean, this topic (laughs) It's so multi-layered. I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking right now. Literally, I think for or I'm kind of stuck in my head. It's just I'm thinking of my like my two youngest kids and they're teenagers. Yeah, they're teenagers. They're not babies, you know. And we've had conversations, and I, you know, I've definitely wanted to been like, okay, how do I present this? It, 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 you know, in such a way like you really don't want to be engaging in these things. Um, uh, you know, taking religion aside, um, primarily, they're they're you know. Teen pregnancy isn't what you necessarily would want. Um, you definitely don't want diseases, right? And yeah. um, especially some that have no cure. Yeah. So, you know, so there's that. Then there's the whole um, relational aspect of doing something too young. You don't understand what you're doing because, you know, it's, it's intimate. It's a, it's a connected yeah. thing. And chances of you ended up, you know, with whatever person for the rest of your life at that age are slim to none. Mm-hmm. Um, so the emotional, you know, probably um, turmoil that comes from that. Um, but still being able to say, it's a beautiful thing God created. I mean, I have literally told my kids, when you grow up, I hope you have tons of sex. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked at me like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I cannot believe this woman just said this. Yeah. They were horrified. I said, I hope you have great, awesome, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but at this age, let's just, we need to learn to have some self-control. That's, that's just basically it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that. I think that's the message I think we're and, and I address that in the book we teach it from like like I said from strictly a behavioral standpoint so if all you're telling um, if all we're telling our children um, our, our girls especially our girls let's just be very honest with with you we really harp on the whole pregnancy thing mm-hmm. to the female because we're the one carrying the kid um, you know but if all we're telling our kids is you know, the reason you need to abstain is so that you don't get a girl pregnant or you don't get pregnant, then they're going to change their behavior. It's going to be, be a behavior modification. They're going to get on the birth control. You mm-hmm. know? They're going to try other quote unquote safety precautions. And, and we all know that they're not a hundred percent. I mean, Riley, my daughter cringes, but I tell her, I'm like, you were a birth control baby. I was in college, you know, Mm-hmm. birth control baby it does not work all the time so we've got it and, and that's what I was seeing in in the counseling room you know we were pushing birth control but they were still running into the same problems and it, you know you talk in the same way with STIs it's you know if it's strictly from a physical aspect you're still going to be struggling with the emotional component of it 
in the spiritual and for, as a as a Christian, you know, and I hear that's like, well, you know, and I did. And, and, and when I was writing the book, people were like, well, you do realize you're really isolating a, a huge group of people because you're talking strictly to the Christian, to the Christian parent. And I'm like, but that's my worldview. That's the lens in which I look. Everything filters through that Christian worldview that I hold. And it's all combined. So, you know, I, I can't I can't take the religion out of it because that is that is the key component of why a lot of the 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 things we do or don't do in our lives. I mean, it's filtered through through that aspect. Um, and so that's and that's where it, that's where the struggle because you know gets really hard because I think I always try to tell my kids we're just we're not just one dimensional people you know we have we have that physical aspect of us we have that emotional aspect we have that spiritual side of us and we try to compartmentalize them does that make sense like we mm-hmm. to, this is strictly physical this is strictly a spiritual issue and this is strictly an emotional thing and they're all combined. And I think that's where we have lost our kids that we've, we've kind of boxed everything up and what they're finding is you, it all bleeds together. Um, so my heart really is changing the culture of the talk, um, Mm -hmm. changing it from a standpoint of, it's just not, you know, it's not just a, it's just not a talk about trying to keep them from getting pregnant or keeping them from getting their hearts broken. Um, but they understand that it was designed to be between man and woman in marriage because God knew how awesome it was. And he wanted us to experience that, but in the confines of, of the way he designed it. And it wasn't to hurt us. It wasn't to make us to stumble, but it was because it was such a beautiful gift. And that's what I've tried to explain to my kids. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and they do kind of cringe when I'm like, and I want you to have lots of sex. When you're- <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I talk about me and my husband and it's like, oh, that's disgusting. Mm. But it's just, we've got to change. We, we have one side of the message down and it's that don't get pregnant. Don't get an STI. This is what you do to prevent all that. But then the, everybody's heard that no message for so long mm-hmm. that, like you said, when they get married, <laughs> And they have free reign of that. Um, it's kind of hard to flip that switch. And when I go speak to, especially women's groups, that you know, that is one of the biggest questions or one of the biggest hurdles I find that um, the moms have. They're just like, I've been told that no for so long, that was wrong for so long, that when I got married, I couldn't enjoy it. I felt like I was doing something almost dirty. Mm. And I, I, f- I have found that that's been a kind of like a leading um, issue with, with a lot of, a lot of women. And I think, what? Women- okay, go ahead. Finish that. You no. think? Yeah. Oh, you want me to go? I was going to ask you, what would you tell those women to be able to find healing and, and be able to actually move beyond that? Yeah. I think it's why, you know, if, if you read my book, I really start before I talk about any of the practical, before any, before I talk about anything with the kids, uh, the first three, maybe four chapters are dealing with the parent. 
their past and the hurdles that they they're experiencing because before we can have a, a free conversation with our kids, we have to, we got to understand where we are, you know, cause that, that drastically changes how we address the conversation, how we have that conversation. Um, and so when I have women like that, I really, I mean, I, 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 we've stopped in mid teaching and I mean, I've asked permission. I'm like, can we talk about this and just kind of get off the subject? But I really bring that, the aspect of, you know, do they understand the difference in, in between condemnation and conviction? Mm. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think I ever quite understood you know, the, the, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, Condemnation is, is shame. And that comes from the enemy. And I always tell women, and it's almost like a light bulb that goes off. And I'm like, God doesn't shame you. He does not shame. He does not, he, he does not, um, he does not condemn you because condemnation is that thing of this is where you are. This is where you've got to stay. This is who, you know, this is what you've done. This is how you're always going to be identified. Right. There's no freedom in that. There's no freedom in that. There's no, no possible chance of the gift of, of redemption and restoration. Um, and with conviction, I tell them, yeah, there might be something that you need to address, but it's God's God convicts. It's to turn you around and to bring you closer to him, but it's never to keep you where you are. It's to move you out of that. Um, and it's to, it's to show you, Hey, I love you this much we've got to, you know, I want you out of this. This is, these are not the shackles that I've put on you. Um, you are not identified by your past. You know, you're not stuck there. Um, and I have just, I have watched women just be like, Oh, wow. I think until we realize who the liar is, <laughs> right. Um, we, we get stuck in these, these perpetual cycles of condemnation. And, you know, and you look at, you look at the scripture. Um, I want to. I'm looking through the book because I'm. I'm always like terrified. I'm gonna. Um, Romans eight one. I think it says God tells. God's word tells us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking, even with the kids, you know, I even say, you know, because they've asked me, you know, well, did you know, did you have sex in high school? Did you have sex in college? I mean, because my daughter knows that. Um, we had her my senior year of college. Yeah. I mean, she's part of my testimony, right? Um, and <clears throat> you can hold back, like, I can't say anything because I've done this. Yeah. But the thing about it, that's the difference in condemnation and conviction. I, 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 was, I was taken out of that. But it was through, and I always tell my kids this, um, in Revelation chapter 12, it's, it's, there's a point where it says the accuser, which is, Satan, he's, he's talking to God and he's pointing and accusing the brethren, which is us. Right. And I, and I've tried to tell the kids, I've used that as an example of, you know, he's looking and being like, look what they've done. Look what she's done. Look, look, look what her past looks like. You know, look what, look what she did yesterday. You know what I mean? And I've, and I've always told the kids when God looks at us, he doesn't see any of that. He sees Jesus because he was our blood atonement. Mm-hmm. All God sees. He doesn't see all the mess ups. And so I think that that's a message, especially in the church, I'm not bashing the church, but especially in the church that we need to do a better job at conveying because what happens when you don't <clears throat> and they get in that condemnation, they get in that shame because they know they're doing something that you've told them they shouldn't be doing. And if they've been raised 
in the church, they've probably heard the message of flee from sexual morality, right? And, yeah. Know, all these different messages and these, uh, these, uh, and don't even get me started on the whole like um, purity ring movement. Uh, that's not even, don't even get me started on that. Um, <laughs> okay, we won't. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a fan of those movements. Um, but you got all that and then they end up mess, you know, they end up making a choice to do something um, a choice that that's against everything they've been told to do or not to do. Um, and instead of understanding that there's freedom and being able to turn around and go back and start over, Mm -hmm. they stay in it because, and then they just get deeper and deeper in it. And I, and I, cause I did that. It was, I knew what I knew, what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I was so condemned. I was so shamed. It was just like, you know, I've already messed up. What's the point? You know, nobody's going to have me now. Um, no good, you know, good Christian guys ever going to want to marry me because I'm, I'm tarnished. Right. I mean, that's right. the reality I had. Um, and I just got deeper and deeper and deeper um, in that violation of my purpose and the way, the, the reason I was created, you know, um, because I didn't understand that conviction doesn't keep, God doesn't keep you there. He might get your attention but it's to draw you out. But once, once, you know, we've been forgiven for, for that, he doesn't see any of that. And I think we have a hard time um, dealing with that because when we wrong each other, there's always a record of it. Right. And yeah. we always remember, well, she said this and she did this to me. And I think a lot of times when we, when we're looking at that, we look at it from a human perspective of, I would hold a record of that. So we automatically think God does. And he makes it very clear in his word that um, we've been washed clean. Does that always mean that we don't have, there's not repercussions for things that we've done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's not a consequence for certain things. However, um, we're not in that condemnation anymore. And if I can, when I, when I do, I'm able to get those women to understand that totally changes the conversation at home. There's yeah. a there. It's interesting. Cause I, you know, the, one of the things that I've, I've discussed with my children, is like, it, it was intimacy, you know, the physical things that you go through, you know, it was all created by God. So yeah. none of it, you know, it's, it's all holy. Yeah. Um, and curiosity is normal. Like nothing that yeah. you think, feel, or that you do has not been done before yeah. and, or will not ever be done, <laughs> you know, will yeah. be done in the future. Yeah. You know, I, I literally use this term. It's like, you're just not that special. <laughs> like sin is just not exclusive to you. Now what the enemy wants to do is make you believe that you are yes. and hold you in shame, yes. but you're really just not that special. You're not yeah. the only one. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, there's that aspect of being able to convey the message of, you're going to struggle through things and you're going to be curious about things. And it's just all about learning. Again, I I use the word, you know, self-control and not indulging in our, you know, in our desires. Um, But that doesn't, you know, transfer to it than being ugly or dirty or, you know, taking something that's beautiful. I mean, there's a whole freaking chapter in the book (laughs) on the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, it's very free talking about, you know, it's very poetic, but obviously, uh, you know, it's not something taboo. Um, exactly, we've so cultures made it like that, yeah, 
and now we've went to the you know the far extreme but and I think and and if I'm totally transparent with you I don't think I did a very good job in the book of conveying this but I think as we all grow in our walk Mm -hmm. um, there's revelation that we have that maybe I didn't have two years ago but I, I think there would be a part that I would go back and say you know hey, maybe I might even use that you're not that special mentality of, hey, look, we all are going to struggle with this um, and we're all going to fall short on occasion. Mm-hmm. But there's And to varying degrees, right? Because yeah, you can have somebody that has never had like physical intimacy yeah. and still be shackled and shamed through the thoughts even. Yes, yeah. Well, I yes. have a, a blog post and it, it actually went... Um, Silver Ring um, shared it a lot, but it was called The Difference in Between Purity and Virginity. Mm. Um, Just really, really drove that point home of you can be a virgin and still not be pure. You know? Yeah. Um, It goes so much beyond just a physical element. Um, But I think I think I really would go back. I mean, that's part of the book that I don't feel like I really clarified enough. I guess maybe that's why I wrote blog posts about it, you know, so that I could put it on the parent forum on Facebook so people would have access to that. But I always try recently, one of the things I'm like, the reason you're not held to that, to that, that impossible standard is because like I said, of the blood atonement, right? Because we do sin, we are going to mess up. We are going to fall short in some caliber, but they're the one person that represents us never did. Um, And so I think, it still is this, I mean, I'm, I'm Christian, but I think sometimes I don't feel like I pointed people enough, um, enough to Christ, even in the book, like not on purpose, but I really wish I would have stressed the aspect a little bit more of, you know, the obedience factor, um, to God and just the simple fact that we are covered by somebody that was that that was sinless and blameless while he lived. Um, and that's why it's so important for us to understand that we don't, we don't, we don't fall under condemnation because of Christ. Does that make sense? It does. You know, and I'm, I'm here thinking in this conversations that I have often, um, and whether it's sexual sin or, or what, you know, whichever sin, the reality is that, and this is, I give credit to, to my best friend, Pam, but I remember having a conversation, don't remember what about, but she said, you know, if we feel so defeated in, 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 you know, I think we're talking about raising kids and, um, but I really don't remember what it was, but she said something to the effect that, you know, we have to believe that God will redeem wherever we fall short or they fall short. Because if yep. we, if we don't have that, which is true, it's not like we're making this up and his character throughout the Bible, he, he is yes. a God of redemption and of love, yep. you know, and if we don't believe that, then there is no hope. And so, so it goes, it goes to this too, you know, whatever choices we've made in the past, whatever choices our children make in spite of, you know, what we've taught, God is in the business of redemption and he redeems us to relationship with him. Him. Preach it. And, um, so, you know, that covers, you know, that does it make it okay? Are we preaching a, or me here talking about a, a gospel of, well, don't worry about it you know, God will redeem it. No, no. But in knowing that we will falter in, you know, whichever ways are our weaknesses, um, God is there to, 
redeem us to him. And, you know, there is repentance and there are consequences sometimes that we cannot erase or undo. Uh, But it does not, it does not, um, what do I want to say here? It it does not build a wall in our relationship with God. Exactly. He, it's a time that if we're actually humble and open to God, it would draw you Mm -hmm. closer to him. Exactly. Exactly. And I always tell the kids, there's never, there's never a point that we do something. I mean, even in the fall at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve, you know, violated their very purpose for creation, um, you know, God was not like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? They, they totally just messed up my entire plan. Um, <laughs> okay. I had a mental picture of, okay, that's you know, funny. I'm just, I'm just like, yeah. we're not that, I hate to say what you said to your kids. We're not that special. Yeah. Like he understood that there was, I mean, he gave us, he gave us that choice, but he, I mean, he, he is all powerful and he's sovereign and he's righteous and he, he is redeeming. And so even when we screwed up, what did he do? He, he had another plan and that, and he knew that we were never going to be able to live up to the law. He knew that. And so what did he do? He brought his one and only son to be able to be that blood atonement for us. And that's just a part of the, the beauty of the gospel. And, and instead of, if I'm completely honest with you, we just, I don't even, a lot of times when I'm talking to my kids about whatever, whether it's drinking or drugs or sex or their friend choice or whatever, I just, I mean, and I'm like you, it's not like, a, I'm not trying to be like, um, I don't know. I'm not trying to push anything to the side, but I just keep pointing, pointing back to him. Because I've, I've told groups of, of, of youth that I've, I've spoken with, you know, when your focus is on him and you're not looking to the right or to the left, but you're focused on him and you're focused on his character and who he is, it is, it, it's impossible not to, ch- it, for it not to change your heart, the way you think, the way you act, your desires, like it's going to change that naturally. Um, well, let's but talk we- about intimacy. I mean, you know, and I'm not talking about physical intimacy, intimacy yeah. from connecting at, from one person to the other. Like mm-hmm. when we have intimacy in God, I think all these other struggles are easier to combat. Yeah. Easier. I didn't say yeah. <laughs> that. Well, yeah. all, you know, yeah. um, so and I, I, you know, I'm talking to him here. I'm literally thinking out loud uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. as we're going, but I'm here thinking, OK, so how. What have you learned along the way? Well, what would you say? How do we help our children have that intimacy with God, regardless of their actions? Um, And that is something that even as I'm 44, just turned 44, I'm talking to other women, I'm 50, 60 year old, you know, and that aspect of that intimacy is hard to grasp. Yeah. So how do we, how do we set up our kids for better success than we have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe that we serve a God of the gaps. So like, and there is an, and I could not quote the scripture itself, but there is a scripture that basically says, even in our failures, even where we fall short, like God still, still comes through. Um, and I mean, that's like a, that's the story throughout scripture. However, um, you know, I have, you know, I, and I've written on this too, more is, more is caught than taught. Like we can talk all day. And I think that was one of the reasons I I named the book what I named it talking, um, walking the talk instead of talking the talk. Like we can talk about it all day. Yeah. We can talk about a God of redemption, a God of forgiveness. We can talk about 
how we're created in his image and we're beautiful and, and, you know, we're special. And do you understand? Like we can, we can talk about all this stuff that we want our kids to understand, but we completely destroyed in the next second with our actions. And so our walk has to reflect the very talk that we're giving them. And so if we're talking, there's a part in the book and I um, actually had a, a friend, a, a, um, she read it a couple of weeks ago. And when she got to this chapter, I don't even know what chapter it is at this point, but uh, she, you know, she called me and she's like, I have never heard people talk about body image the way you talked about it and and to me it was just I mean it was literally something that I had to go through myself just that whole revelation you know we're really good about I hope I'm not I don't think I'm getting off topic when I say this but you know when we're talking about um we're created in his image but yet we and we we tell our girls especially our girls especially and we should uh, I think personally do a little bit more with our boys we have a tendency to box them up and yeah talk about certain things, certain ones, but, you know, um, you know, we're always like, respect yourself, respect your body, <laughs> respect the way you look, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then we turn around in the next second and we're telling them that they're created in the image of God, you know, they're image bearers. Mm-hmm. But yet we turn around and we like completely, you know, completely um, tear ourselves down about the way we look or we tear others down around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're giving very conflicting conflicting viewpoints our kids are seeing what we're hearing what we're saying but they're seeing what we're doing and so um when it comes to intimacy the it's just something that like I really honestly and I've told my girlfriends this they're like how do I get my kid to read my bible to read their bible or to pray more I want them to have that intimacy with God I'm like honestly the best way is for them to see us do it and it not be fake it's it's one of those points of you focus on your relationship with God and let that, let that be lived out. Not to say that you're perfect, but in those times that you mess up, that's when you come and go, Hey, you know, I didn't handle this very well. Or I said this and I should have said that or whatever. But mm-hmm. if we're going to show, if we, if we desire our children to have intimacy with God, we, they, we've got to be able to be that walking example for them. Um, and then we've got to create opportunities of, um, corporate family worship I mean you know I don't I don't I don't know really where you go to church or anything else or Mm -hmm. worship on a daily basis but one of the big game changers for us and a lot of a lot of spiritual things was we started incorporating um, prayer and worship time in our home not every day yeah we don't have time every day you know we're like everybody else but we have those moments where everything's turned off and, you know, we pray as a family and we, and we do, and we study the Bible as a family and, you know, we don't really delve into particular topics. You know, it's not like we're like, okay, kids, we're going to talk about alcohol tonight. Um, it, it's just, we're just talking about his word, but um, that has, that has changed the atmosphere in our home um, to, to the point that the kids are like, I see a difference in the way mom and dad are acting. I see a difference in how they act together, you know? Um, And they just, they start wanting that. I think that's a natural part of it. So if we want to foster an intimacy with God and our children, with, with our kids to God, then they need to see an a true intimacy in between us. Mm. No, that's, that's great. Yes, it is hard. hard. (laughs) It's so hard, but we got to be able to block out and, 
you know, the, the little devotional book that, that I'm writing with um, this wonderful woman named Amy Steele. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You're writing a book with Amy? Yes, we are. We, <gasps> we are working on I love Amy. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. So we're going to, I think it's going to be um, a great little addition for the mamas because I think a lot of the reason why we are having such a hard time mm-hmm. grasping intimacy and being able to be intimate with God is because we can't stop long enough. Um, we don't understand abiding. We don't understand stillness. Um, so it's hard, but it is very possible. We can do it. And it is, and it should be that priority in our lives. Um, we just got to, you know, we got to gotta cheer each other on a little bit. Right. You know, you were talking about, you know, how we treat other women and, and we, the things we say. I just recently had a little um, soapbox moment. <clears throat> Um, sort of about this topic because I, I started seeing uh, comments on uh, Facebook, you know, memes and stuff like that about, you know, women that have it together. And simply because their whole family was dressed like for Halloween, like their costumes matched or something, or mm-hmm. I don't know, they were all themed together. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and it, <laughs> it, what angered me wasn't women specifically, it's just the culture of it. And this, oh, she's got it together, little, you know, modern culture, little phrase that we use a lot yeah. because from over yeah. here, things look, you know, good. And, um, yeah. and I'm just like, no, it, even if that person is gifted at that, or even if they're not, and they just made an effort to go out of their way and, you know, because of an image or whatnot, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody has it and whatever it is together. We all yeah. have struggles. Um, and, you yeah. know, even to just be able being even saying things like that, they have it together. It's not, it's not a compliment. It's usually said in disdain. And then we're talking, <laughs> you know, about other women and, yeah. and then, you know, then there's the envy part of it. Like, it's just, the whole thing is, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a playground, Despite. it's a playground for the enemy. And, um, and yes. I'm just like, we need to stop. We need to stop that. Um, we need this parent. We need transparency. And I think, like you said, we're just in a culture that um, filters everything. Everything is under a lens. You know, you get on social media and you see all these, you know, a lot of our faith is photoshopped, you know, and, and we put stuff on social media that's just not really true representation of our family or ourselves. And because we live in a culture of just a lot of fluff now, um, that postmodern truth culture, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, um, transparency makes people extremely nervous. I mean, if I'm completely honest with you, I have been told multiple times I was without going into great detail, I was asked to teach and had to go interview for this particular position. And, um, they decided not to go with me, not because I wasn't qualified. I wasn't capable. It was the fact of one of them literally said, you make us nervous. Um, because you were too <laughs> transparent on something, <laughs> um, you know, my struggles with my own faith and, and, and my little stint of um, atheism and, and, you know, just like people just people, I mean, think about the relationships in your life, the ones that you are closest to. It's the ones that will literally look at you and just say, I'm having a crap day. <laughs> I just need a cup of coffee. I just need, you know, I just need to get out for a little bit. Like I'm struggling right now. And there is just something refreshing about 
transparency, but we live in a culture that is so filtered um, and so PC, you know, that politically correct, that um, I think people are afraid to say, hey, look, this is, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm struggling with my kid. And, and I don't necessarily think it's saying it. I think it's are the platforms in which we're using to say it. Um, you know, we want to post everything. We want to blast everything on Facebook. Yeah. And tell everything about our personal lives. And I have to be careful because I'm, you know, I think we all get pulled into it. And then we're asking a whole bunch of opinions from a whole bunch of people that really have no right <laughs> um, or privilege to be giving us counsel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, and again, I talk about that in the book, it, it, part of the book of, you know, how we handle technology. And I told you before we got on, got on air, you know, I'm not a technology person. I just, I'm, I'm a total um, idiot <laughs> when it comes to technology. It's just not my friend. However, um, it's a large part of the culture now. And so I think we see a lot of fake and it's hard to filter through what's fake and what's real. Yeah. Well, I always go into um, eyes wide open. I, at least I think I, I see it even from my, my, my point of view, like my social media, um, except for one group I'm in, we're a little more, the, the environment there and, and how it's set was different. It's a little more, it's a lot more um, open about just real, you know, life struggles. But just my public stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, I'm like, this is just not it. Like, I have my boots on the ground people that are mm-hmm. the ones that are going to walk with me. Those are the ones that are going to know my stuff. And yes. um, so does that mean that because all these posts, we you know, when I'm traveling or when I'm doing this, when I'm doing that, blah, 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 does it mean that my life is perfect or not? Oh, heck to the no. Um, it, it's not. Yeah. But to me, this is not – well, number one, if you're not in my life, you don't have permission to know what's going on. But number yeah. two, it's just not the format. How are you going to help me from far away – with my struggles when, you know, I'm yelling at my kids or when I, I, you know, I literally had an argument with my husband. I look at him and I'm just like, literally will say out loud, I just punched you in my mind. Like, you know, you're not going to do anything major from a distance or very few people that, you know, that can do that. Um, or, um, just struggling with whatever it is, you know, we can struggle with so many things. Um, at least for me, the value I have, I have a few long distance relationships, you know, handful, but Mm -hmm. you know, social media is not it. That's just not the venue to have intimate relationships um, in, in which, for me, the value is walking, you know, the village. The village mentality yes. is really important, too. Yeah. Um, and so that's another thing that I talk to my kids a lot of having just relationships. They see that I spend time with people and talk and whatnot. I tell them often, <laughs> you know, I get together with these people because they help me not kill you. <laughs> so whenever we've had something, know that they are actually discipling me and giving me scriptures yeah. so that I can be a godly er mother because otherwise I probably, you know, yeah, social services would be here. They need, to see, they need to see that, right? Because if they're not seeing that, then they're going to, you know, to, to people probably for advice and counsel that um, are not going to be giving what's in the in their best interest. And another thing that we've got to... I can't, like, like I said, can't remember what chapter, I guess I'm getting old, but you know, um, it's, it talks in scripture. There's no guidance where there's no guidance. People, people fall. It's probably Proverbs. Um, <laughs> Proverbs absolutely. I think it's like Proverbs yeah. 11. Um, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, and the kids need to, to hear and see that, that they need to see us getting wise counsel. And, and they also need us, they need to be able to see us going to our source of truth, you know, before we run to everybody else, even, even the really godly people in mm-hmm. our lives. Like, because there's, there's just those times that they're going to, you know, they're going to need, they're going to need guidance and, and you just want to, you just want to know that you have steered them in the direction of um, being selective and who they're allowing to speak into their lives, but also that they know when to seek counsel and when to go to the counselor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So, and it's funny because we're talking here about intimacy and relationships and we've kind of, I think, naturally segued to just the whole healthy relationship thing and that whole intimacy mm-hmm. Is, goes so hand in hand with having healthy relationships. You know, if, if we don't yeah. know how to be intimate with people in general, we're not even talking yeah. about um, sexual intimacy, um, yeah. having healthy yeah. relationships um, it is more difficult and in some cases, yeah. basically impossible. Um, oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Like how one, you know, goes mm-hmm. with the other? Um, yes. So we're talking about... Um... I actually got the book out, so because so I won't have to be like I wrote that somewhere in some chapter. Um, I don't even know where it is. The model of healthy relationships. I think in chapter four, I had a lot of a lot to say in chapter four. <laughs> um, you know, I hate to say this. You just you need you to buy start, the book. You write. <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, y'all got to just find the book because, like, we're hitting on all these awesome mm-hmm. topics. But I keep going back to chapter four. So, um, and it's, it's modeling healthy relationships. And I think, I, I mean, I really do think we just kind of um, nailed it. If we want our kids to understand um, the type of uh, spouse to pursue, then then we need to be able to show, we need to be able to model that for them. And, and if we're telling them to go seek um certain types of friendships, we need to model those, you know what I mean? Like there is a time to serve and there's a time to kind of be in a mentoring position, but we've, we've got to show them um, boundaries of relationships and, you know, healthy boundaries. I think sometimes, again, we just, we just really struggle with what we are supposed to be doing for people. Um, and I know that that was, in high school and college is getting in relationships that I shouldn't have been in in the first yeah. place, you know, about, you know, having that mentality of I've got to save them. And um, unfortunately, it took me 30 something years to realize that that wasn't my job. Mm. You know, I can't, can't save people. Um, that's not, I can, I can direct them. I can counsel. But again, we have got to, we've got to be firm in our own foundation um I give the I gave the analogy at a church one time I put this there was two twins in the room and I was trying to explain relationships and why we had to be selective and you know because this mentality is you know well that's not very Christian for us not to you know hang out with this person because they're doing this this and this and you know God tells us to be um in the world yeah. not of it right we're not supposed to be part of that culture we, we're in the culture, but we're not supposed to, there should be a difference in the way we're acting. And I gave the analogy of, I put one of the twins in a chair and, um, I stood in front of her and I said, 
now pick me up. And, you know, of course, I'm quite larger than she is. And she was like, but I can't. And I said, okay, we'll pick your sister up. And she said, I can't. And I said, why? She said, because my, my balance will be off and I'll fall. And I said, okay. And I said, now to her twin sister that was staying on the ground, I said, now pull her down. And she just yanked one good time and she comes flying out mm-hmm. of the chair. And, you know, the analogy was it's very easy to get pulled down. It's very hard to pull mm. people up. And, and um, sometimes we have that savior mentality and we're not the savior. You know, we're not, we're not capable outside of him to even counsel. So we have to be very careful in, in our selection of relationships, um, not just intimate relationships, not like that, not just physical intimacy, but just our friendships. I mean, I think we've all been in relationships that have just been draining, Yeah, you know, and one of my girlfriends, I was in a particular one and I was just like, every time I'm around her, you know, I just feel like I'm battling, you know, she's just very combative because we, we believe different. And that was, I mean, that's okay. That's just part of being able to share, you know, share the gospel. I mean, you're not always going to agree on everything. Um, but you know, one of my girlfriends, but she was just, it was just a very draining relationship and it was, it was almost toxic, you know, and it was a friendship. And, um, one of my girlfriends was just like, you know, kingdom relationships just don't do that. Not to say that there's disagreements and not to say that everything's hundred percent peachy keen all the time. However, um, there is just something about kingdom relationships that are life-giving and they're building. And so, when I'm listening, you talk about going off with your girlfriends and they're encouraging you and giving you scripture. That's kingdom relationships, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we need. Um, and you just want to be able to model that for your kids. So that they, they see that and they want that. And when they see the other, they can recognize it. I think sometimes when you've never seen a good relationship, um, it's really hard to identify a bad one. Right. Which then goes into you know, relationships with, with um, their future boyfriend, girlfriend, spouses or whatnot, Um, you know, and, and having, having healthy relationships outside of that really is a good stepping stone also towards that. Because if you can't have healthy boundaries with just, you know, your, your friends, your, your, your little tribe, and um, Mm -hmm. you don't have people in your, you're not used to having people in your life to, to hold you, you know, accountable and, and help you grow. Um, to challenge you, to encourage you, um, you're not going to look for that in a spouse. Oh, absolutely not. You're not going to know how to look for that. Like, you know, you go to what you, what you're accustomed to, regardless of, you know, um, I know growing up, um, there's no disrespect and he's, he's passed away now. And, um, but my father was, was, um, just struggled with alcohol and drugs and, mom and dad divorced when I was very young and never really saw my mother. And again, I talk about it in the book. Um, told my mom, I was like, if I ever get famous, you're going to be famous just because you're taught, you know, I talk about you in the book so much, but um, you know, it was with all permission yeah. and all serious. Like there was always permission to be able to share my childhood. And my mom was like, you know, if, if this can help somebody, then, then share away, you know? Yeah. Um, I never really saw my mom in any healthy relationship. In fact, I didn't see her in a lot of relationships at all. She just kind of wrote off man after, after my dad. And um, so there was nothing really to compare relationships to. So when I got into them, 
um, I thought drama was just normal and the emotions being all over the place were normal and jealousy was normal and, you know, the lack of trust, you know, I mean, I went to the very thing that I swore I would never go to. Um, and I, and somewhere I'm sure it was a, it's a, it was a choice, but I went to what was familiar. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I was used to the chaos. So I went to chaos. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes, um, when things are not modeled properly. And I think that's why I just have such a heart for families when I, when I talk about stuff, not just this topic, but, um, you know, when we're talking about just doctrine or just different aspects of our faith, like I just have a heart for the family because that's where the discipleship starts. It's not in, it's not in a Sunday school class. It's not in a youth group, you know, it's not always, you know, service. Um, it's through us, right? And so we need to be able to equip our kids and we've got to be able um, to be able to model the very thing that we're not perfectly because we're not going to do that. But we just really need to be able to model um, what healthy counsel looks like and healthy relationships look like and boundaries and 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 things like that. So um, we just got to we got to work really hard on that aspect, I think. Yeah, it's fascinating because um, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that um, I know there are a lot of people that are, um, and probably some of our listeners are even like youth pastors and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I'm not um, against youth groups or anything like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't rely on youth groups or any other extra stuff to, to yeah. be, I, I just don't think that's the responsibility. Now I'm glad it's there, especially for children, maybe, or, you know, youth that come in and their parents don't go to church and they have some, you know, where to go. I also believe mm-hmm. it's a great conduit for, you know, the youth within the group to build relationships and do activities together. Um, but mm-hmm. it's more like a little supplement <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I understand, I guess, where you're coming from. If, if that's what you meant, I'm like, I just don't, cause somebody, I don't know. And our, our church is small and which I love small churches. Um, and so, you know, there can be their challenges because of numbers, but I remember telling you the youth pastor, they were asking some questions. I said, listen, I don't care what you guys do. And they're like, what? I was like, I don't, it's like, you're not, I don't believe that you, that you, the youth group and the youth pastor's responsibility to, to, um, to instill, you know, uh, God and, and doctrine and, and yeah. beliefs in, in my children. It's just, you know, something, on the side to, to supplement and the look on their face. It's just like, so whatever you guys decide, I, I don't care if it's something we can come yeah. to, we'll come. And if not, then we don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think we, you know, we're in that culture that basically says, leave it to the experts, you know, um, I'm actually looking hurdle number three in the book. Mm-hmm. I talk about, you know, different hurdles that parents have to deal with. And I put, you know, the, it's titled, um, is there an expert in the house? And I think that we have uh, forfeited our very God-given right to disciple and teach our kids to the experts because we live in a culture that says if you don't have PhD behind your name or, you're, you know, you didn't graduate from seminary, that you have no right or you shouldn't be teaching. You know, you shouldn't be discipling. And um, just working with youth ministers, I know that they see that. It's, I mean, I do. I'm with you. I, oh gosh, I have gotten some pretty nasty emails with articles I've written about youth groups and how we, we don't participate in them. And it's not necessarily that 
Um, it's not like we've never been part of them and that we don't go to activities, but that's not, um, a priority for us, you know, and people take it as like, we're saying, um, you know, that we're totally just disconnected from the church and it's not that it's just the fact of, I don't believe that there's a biblical model for that. However, I think they're great conduits. Like I think there's great, like you said, supplements, Mm -hmm. but it is my responsibility And, um, I think there was, there was little, a little image that said something like, um, and I'm not against, and I need to stress this before I even say it, I'm not against public school, not against private school. You know, we homeschool, we're kind of in in transition into Christian schools next year. Um, but you know, uh, it's one of those things of, I'm leery of allowing a culture that, um, to teach my kids the things I feel like I should be teaching when they raised me in that same culture to think that I couldn't teach them, if that makes any yeah. sense. Um, I think that's, I just think that's a dangerous mentality to have. Um, and I just want to empower, like I just want to equip parents and empower them and let them understand that, um, you know, we serve a, a, a God of the gaps and where we lack, he brings, he brings his counselor, you know, he says, in Acts, you know, the Holy Spirit is was left to be our counselor. So um, we're not going to get it perfect. Um, and it does not mean we don't have people around us that are helping us. I mean, people reading my book, that's a supplement, right? Yeah. Um, so there's nothing wrong with them, but they need to be put in their proper place. And my book should never supersede scripture. Um, and my counsel should never supersede whatever counsel you know, is in God's word, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm human and I'm going to, I'm going to stumble and probably get stuff twisted up every once in a while. But I just, um, if nothing else, I think if I ended this, I would just want to say, um, we have a God given right in charge to disciple and lead our families. Um, and that is done by example, you know, that's done by humility and obedience um, regardless of whatever subject matter we're talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. My, uh, my daughter, which is the youngest of the four, uh, she's 14, and she just decided she wanted to be baptized um, recently, so not this past Sunday, oh. Sunday before. And um, the, so the pastor said, oh, you know, I want to get together and talk to her and, and whatnot. And I said, yeah, that's fine. You can get together with her um, if you want. Um, but, you know, when, when our kids decide to be baptized and, and whatnot, we actually sit down and have a series of, of uh, studies that we do. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I told them we do, we talk about baptism, we talked about discipleship, we talk about sin, we talk about repentance, we talk about, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's like, well, God forbid, a- <laughs> what did he write? God forbid a family actually took responsibility and didn't <laughs> leave it on the pastor. <laughs> yes, he's like, thank goodness for this family. I started he's, laughing. I said, well, I'm just, so if you want to get together with her, sure, whatever. But, um, yeah. you know, we feel we have a responsibility to uh, share what we believe and, and where we're coming from. And that they're clear that when they make this decision, these are the things that are going to be, you know, this is a starting point. It's not the end. Yeah. It's the very beginning. Yeah. But this is your foundation right here, you know. Yeah. And this is where you're going to go forward. Um, but, uh so he was funny. Yeah. Um, and that's good. I mean, that, I mean, literally I feel like we're just in the minority, especially now it's just, you know, let somebody else deal with it. And the thing about it, you know, um, body, body Bachman, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he, he, he wrote a book called family driven faith. And he what's his name again? Body 
Bachman. Yes. Is he, is he African-American? Yeah. Oh, I heard and, him speak once. Yes. That's his name. Uh, oh, he's yes, wonderful. I, yes. yes. And I've heard tons and tons of people talk about him. I finally uh, pulled out one of my counseling books the other day and it was something I had read years ago. And I guess, you know, at that season of life, I just wasn't clicking yet. And um, so I read his family driven Facebook and he just said, you know, we can't expect to send our kids to Caesar and be surprised when they come back Romans, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, think about it. So if we're not discipling our kids and we're sending them off to everybody else, why are we surprised when they come back with a worldview and doctrinal beliefs that is totally opposite of what we, what we believe, you know? And so that just, I mean, that literally just slapped me when I read that. I'm like, okay, I mean, Send him to Caesar, get uh, get a Roman. Yeah. And, oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I like him. Yes. Oh Definitely. my goodness. <laughs> Where did I hear him speak? Well, it's funny because I didn't know. Did I know you homeschooled? Because we homeschooled until this past year. My daughter's actually going to public school right now, and then my son decided to to do cyber school, so he's home, um, okay. doing that. Um, but maybe it was oh, at a homeschool okay. conference that I heard him because. Yes. He is very, yes, he is a huge proponent of homeschooling. Is he? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, he actually, all his children are homeschooled. Now he's not, you know, he will, he, he does a, a very grace-filled job of talking about public and private school and he's not against any of it. I just, I liked his, I liked his mentality. Yeah. If you, when you send them off, if you do feel that they need to be in public school, you send them off, like send, send a discipled child. You know, a lot of times we want to. Um, we were thinking they're going to be the um, evangelist, you know, we want them to be that salt and light, but we haven't trained them to be that salt and light. So instead of being an evangelist, they're the evangelized. Yeah. They get in school, you know, and I think that's just the, you know, um, but yeah, we homeschool now currently and we're just praying about next year. Um, probably, probably like y'all did. It just gets a little, little um, hectic. Oh yeah. I needed a break. Mama needs a break. Yes, I need a break. And my brain needs a break. I think ultimately it was just like, okay, what's more important? Our relationship long term or (laughs) now? And I'm like, okay, we'll vote for long term relationship. (laughs) I I I think there's a season for it for it all. And um, you know, we we go year to year. Mm -hmm. And actually the first day of homeschooling, um, my daughter's kind of doing her own thing and she's online and in different hybrid schools or co-ops and it's working for her, but she's older. Um, and you know, with my son first day of class, I just pretty much said, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> but I just, I was the first day I was like, this is just not going to fit anymore for yeah. us. And so we're, um, we're just kind of praying for that next step. So gotcha. we're still going to disciple just, it's just going to, you know, the roles are going to be a little bit different as far as who's doing their spelling, which I'm kind of pumped about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, well, do you want to say anything else that's pressing on your heart as far as, uh, you know, healthy relationships and intimacy before we move to the next thing here before we wrap up? Um, I would just say understand, like, I think I've already said this once, but um, moms and dads, you can do this. This is your God-given charge and right. And um, we, we serve a great, a great, great God and uh, we are in his image. And so we have all the necessary tools that we need to be able to disciple. Um, and I'm just going to encourage you, each of us, really, um, the charge of just living a life that 
not only speaks about God, but walking um, in a, in such a way that our that our life glorifies Him. And so, um, Amen. And so, um, and if you are reading the book or you want to be part of the Parent Forum. Um, Walking the Talk Parent Forum is on Facebook, and I will make sure I get you the links to that. And we'd love to have you join and and be able to utilize those resources. Excellent. So we end with two questions. The first one is, how are you being salt in your neck of the woods? How am I being salt in my neck of the woods? Yes. Okay. Salt in my neck of the woods. Um, (laughs) I'm very isolated right now. I'm actually living on a lake, and it's kind of isolating. Um, well, it could be, I mean, especially with with technology, wherever with, with my kids, um, we are actually at the beginning of the year and Amy still will be part of this. Um, I'm going to be hosting these little monthly women's gatherings, um, at the lake called, I'm I'm thinking this is what it's going to be called. We're Mm -hmm. still proud of it, but it's going to be at the table. Um, and it's just all walks of life and all walks of women and there's in different seasons where we're just going to be getting together and doing, um, just a night of equipping and corporate prayer and worship and just time of fellowship. Cause once again, fostering those, fostering those relationships that we're talking about. So that's the way I'm trying to salt it up around the, the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll be salt like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, how are, how are you promoting that? Is that through online? Is it a local? Um... It's it's really honestly, it's just uh, right now is in in discussion. But mm-hmm. it's one of the things um, we're we're slowly kind of just doing some prayer with it right now. We're hoping that it'll kind of be around the same time the devotional will come out. But yes, it's going to probably, and all this is just kind of in theory right now, but it's definitely something that's been laid on my heart. Um, We're going to be just advertising on Facebook and Instagram. um, And when I get to that point and everything has set up, I will be more than happy to provide those details for you. Excellent. Yeah. Who knows? Start with five and it might be 50 or 500 before this is over with. We just really feel like. This is a, I just felt like there was an opportunity for us to be able to equip women and also utilize women in, um, in, in different seasons of life to be able to speak into other women. Um, so people like myself and, um, you know, Amy that likes to speak and has a desire to teach and disciple. I mean, these are opportunities for us just to be able to pour into other women. Yeah. I love it. I love all the imagery and, and, you know, pouring into at the table, because then the next question is, is if you were a spice, which one would you be? And how do you, uh, what do you bring to the table (laughs) with that? (laughs) Ironically. Spice. Oh my God. I should have been prepared for this. I have, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Spice. Oh, you're the first one that I've caught off guard. See, you didn't read your email. (laughs) I did not get an email. I'm starting to think I got. I did not get an email. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I will give you a 50% chance that that happened. <laughs> There's no telling because I'm like, when you said earlier email, I was like, yeah, I remember an email. Um, I'm going to have to get back to 
Them the little spice thing. I'm just not quite. I'm kind of a bland type girl. It's like salt and pepper is about the only thing I use. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you already said how you bring salt. So if you uh, are, are a pepper girl, talk about that. Pepper, okay. <sighs> you definitely threw me off on that one. Mm. Uh, well, here's the thing. You just said that somebody would not hire you or whatever opportunity it was because. You were just a little too transparent. That's some pepper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's a little uncomfortable. It gets, it gets a little hot around me sometimes. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's no, good. We'll, that's, just- we'll go with that. I gave you your spice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna have to come back later on the Facebook page and and tell everybody what what spice uh, <laughs> you are. Because yeah, I on the email. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing because I'm serious. I'm like, there's a 50% chance that I did not send you an email. I swear I didn't get an email. (laughs) Because it's happened um, before. It's like, did you ever send me that email? It's like, I thought I just go. I guess I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. It's totally okay. I think it's going to call you branding like that because we're just talking about the table. And yeah, so that's, that's good. There you go. So this is a thought I'm going to leave you with. We all have our own unique um, gifts that God um, blessed us with. And, you know, we we were each fearfully and wonderfully made. So as you uh, go on with your day and your week and the next couple months, um, think about that. How did he make you unique and what do you bring to the table Um, as you as you move forward, especially if you're going to be doing things at the table by the lake. Yes, I will leave you with that. Say that again. I said, maybe you can join us one day. Oh, I, I'd be honored. Oh, my gosh. And with Amy still? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the lake isn't <laughs> ready for that. <laughs> yeah, fun time. See, I'm, I'm putting it out there. So yes. now we have to, we okay. have to think about it. It's an accountability thing. We've got to get this going. All right. Yeah. You so. go and tell Amy that you end up talking with me and now it's out there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, though. I appreciate yes. it. Yes. No, I, I, I'm grateful that you came on and we finally were able to pick a date. This has been wonderful, and it's such an important topic. I mean, it is just – it touches everybody's lives. Um, this isn't one that's just unique to certain people. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and um, I'll be looking out for you and see how you're seasoning things around. Yes. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.